Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's a banana pass that he hasn't intended. He's trying to shoot on goals and it bends out to the right wing. Yeah, and to be honest, I think if there was no other players on the pitch, that ball would have ended up behind John McGinn. There was so much <laughs> fucking spin on it. It was unbelievable. This is Paul McGrath. You're listening to the Villa Podcast. That morning sky gave me a look. So I left while you were sleeping. That's all it took. And it is really amazing how many times this season... Aston Villa have produced what you think is the worst performance you've ever seen <laughs> and then they turn around and, and top it every single time it's incredible how bad Aston Villa can be and like as bad performances go this was right up there with the very worst that we've seen this season and we have seen some stinkers this season so much so that I would say bad performance for bad performance Villa are one of the worst teams in the league it's it's unbelievable how many times they go out and stink the place up it's, it's crazy like this is and this is a team who've gone through a new transition and brought in new players in January and got in a new manager to continue to go out and look like a team that don't deserve to be in this league never mind a team here in the top half really says a lot about the Premier League that Villa are occupying as high up as they are but I don't think they'll be there for long based on Saturday's performance and the, the worst thing about it is that they go and they get a goal then or a sort of undeserved goals out of nowhere and there's no reaction to it. Like, they don't have that that, that sort of verve then. They, they, they don't sense blood. Remember the time Wolves got that goal against Villa when Villa were 2-0 up? And how manic Wolves were. And they were driving at us. And there was urgency. They really smelled that this team were there for the taking. But Villa get a goal and they just continue to stroll around the fucking pitch like they, they get a goal and they pass around the back four again as the time's <laughs> running out and, and and worse they get dragged into exactly what Wolves want in as well I, like Connor Cody just, just running in and taking the ball off him again foul him again and then standing over the ball and then seven players attack him I'd say he's absolutely pissing himself laughing thinking how easily he was able to steady the ship compared to what the fuck we did at Villa Park when Wolves put us under the same pressure like it was it was, once again, we're using the words naive, pathetic, gutless. 
And this is Aston Villa. Welcome, welcome aboard, Liam. Uh, yeah, sorry, Dick. Do you think we would have actually done anything with the extra minutes or so that Connor yeah. Cody wasted? Like that would have been just more one more minute closer to fucking death, and that's not necessarily <laughs> a bad thing for a fucking Villa fan. Like, another minute of us just getting foiled on the halfway line, fighting the Wolves players for 50 seconds, and then stringing six players out 30 yards from the Wolves goal and tossing the ball up for a fucking aerial duel between Connor Cody and Emmy Wendia on the right wing. That would have been fucking great. Oh, please, ref, give us the extra minutes for that. Fuck the referee. We're the biggest cunts in the league for time wasting as well. Let's not forget that. And we're bigger cunts for fucking falling for Wolves doing it, for fucking Wolves giving Wolves exactly what they want. Like most of the time that was wasted and that out of time was by us. And you're talking about us turning out, churning out shit performance after shit performance. It's the same shit performance every time as well. And even at the start of that match, you had the commentator shiting on about how well Villa were playing just hey, before the first goal. The best six minutes of the season. I like, oh, fuck that. Like, they, they, they played four 80-yard passes to nobody in the first six minutes. We put a bit of pressure on Wolves, and Wolves weren't expecting it and didn't deal with it. Like They had decided to keep it tight so they weren't mentally prepared to run around. But they got up to speed fairly fucking quickly. Like, they had so many dangerous opportunities in the first half. They should be embarrassed to only win that game 2-1. But like, once they got the goal, they were brilliant, and we were fucking woeful. Like We were a shambles at the back, and we did nothing progressive until the 30th minute. The 30th minute? Like, you can't concede a goal and become a quivering mess. Like, 11 little pigs standing, afraid of the big bad wolves. Like, afraid. Afraid as well because they're in the middle of a fucking straw house that Jared has built them. Like, wolves are the next team up the ladder that we need to catch. Like, the fucking rung snap in half every time we get our footing. We need to be competing with wolves. West Ham, Leicester next year. We're fucking three points above Brentford. Yeah, like <laughs> we we are so far away from competing with any of those teams, and that's it. Like, you know, like I, I'm joking about the first six minutes being our, our best performance of the season. Although sadly, it might have been because we passed the ball, <laughs> we passed the ball to each other, and people received it. But once again, you scratch the surface, and they're, they're all just going to crumble down. You, you add in a, a shit goal, and that's it. It's over. Villa just do not. They do not start up where they left off, and it's the same over and over. And we're going to do well to get through this podcast without repeating ourselves. But you know, if Villa aren't going to go through games without repeating themselves, you're why the fuck should we hold ourselves to that standard? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're right. Look, be under no illusion that the time wasted and the time that we didn't get from the referee has nothing to do with what happened in that game. And I don't want to throw these boys any sort of a lifeline. It is just. A final bugbear that I'll mention one more time, just because Wolves made a sub straight away in injury time. So there's 30 seconds that were that, that should automatically be added on, and there was only four minutes added on. Overall, the referee added on 54 seconds, so we did only add on 24 extra seconds for the minutes and minutes of fights and stoppages and talking tos and yellow cards that they handed out. So like once again, a team is rewarded, and I think it's only sore for me because and we said we weren't going to review Ireland v Lithuania but Ireland scored a <laughs> Troy Parrott scored a screamer of a goal in the 97th minute it was like I think it was like 20 seconds past the 96 minute mark and even Irish people the commentators at the time people on Sky Sports who were looking at the highlights I was watching that much content of this one piece of action against Lithuania um 
they, they were all mentioning Ireland scored how long after the five allocated minutes. And it was the first 90 seconds of those five allocated minutes was the keeper going down pretending to be injured. But everybody forgets it. Nobody seems to realise. And it probably is always worth hammering home because if everybody, even people who support the same team, are going to just ignore what is happening, then it's only encouraging people to continue to do it. And look, that that's the final thing I'll say on it. I suppose we should just get back to the shit that this was one of the points that I wanted to make is Aston Villa have drawn three times this season, three <laughs> times in thirty fucking games. That is a mess. Like that, teams like Arsenal and Spurs. We know how inconsistent Spurs have been as well. City, like these teams are close because they're winning most of their games. So like when they draw or lose, that's the anomaly. Villa are just losing the majority of their matches and winning the odd ones. Sometimes when they shouldn't be winning, it's it's crazy how little spine that they have <laughs> here I go again we're talking about spine we're talking about no guts get, help me get through this podcast by bringing someone else to it <laughs> but like, the only thing I can think of is that we talked about this last year as well yeah like, the, like we, we, we're slagging off leads at the start of the year then we realise oh fuck Villa are just doing this now. Villa <laughs> yeah. are either winning or losing their games that's what they do like, forget about that next... United Spurs and Arsenal, Jesus Christ. Like, we've had our hands, our asses handed to us by West Ham, Arsenal, and fucking Wolves today. And we're like, we're looking for scraps from the table here. Like, we need Liverpool to win the treble, Rice to fuck off to Chelsea, Tielemans to go to Barcelona, Neves to go to United, and Villa need to sign five fucking players. Then maybe we can draw a game. Then maybe we'll get a game against FC Michelin in the Conference League. But, like, we're, we're so inconsistent, so... So yellow belly that we're unbelievably far behind the rest of the teams. Like, how can you not draw a couple of games a season? Just fucking scrap out a draw. Like, get a draw when you don't deserve it, or have a bit of like. Why? Why can you only get points when you're in the lead and you're feeling good about yourself? Can you not earn someone? Can you not dig it out? Obviously not. One time in ten league matches, on average, Aston Villa can can grind out a draw. That that says everything you need to know about this mess of a team. Yeah, and the last three games are exactly games that we need to be targeting draws in as well, at the very, very minimum. But this is the problem with Steven Gerrard as well. We're either going to try to win the game or he's going to try and sit in and just absorb loads of pressure and inevitably we'll fucking lose those games because we're so, so vulnerable to to being fucking run over by teams. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the goals? Ah, no. <laughs> Uh, the first one is John McGinn slips on his arse, but it, it does it completely unnecessarily. John McGinn has gone into number six. We can talk about that later on. But uh, it's Fabio is the only person at the other side of him. So it, it doesn't need to make this tight chop that he loves doing. The ones that he does in the box sometimes, the great effect. He's cutting across the only other Wolves player who's behind him. And he's doing it by risking possession, slips on his arse, Wolves caught it out. And then, you know, if you think that's bad enough, our very man, Kanza, just looks like he gets shot as he falls in slow motion underneath the ball and it just drifts over his head. He slips as well. It all starts, I think, just with, with McGinn doing something that he doesn't need to do. Like, even, even if he doesn't slip there, he's not advancing. He's not taking men out of the game. I don't know what he's doing, what he thinks he's doing. And... Two slips on their arses literally causes Aston Villa to concede. 
Uh, like you need to watch that back. I mean, John McGinn panics. Like, where is he going? Like, whatever about the slip. Yeah, buy a pair of fucking football boots with studs on them. They were invented 150 years ago. You'll get given them for free. You play for Aston Villa. But our centre midfielder, our holding midfielder, has gone running intentionally into four men. Like that's yeah. not a blind alley. That's a fucking well-lit street with a cash-strapped gang sitting on the, sitting out in the heat all day. And fucking <laughs> John McGinn goes walking past him with his iPhone, fanning himself a wads of fifty. He's a moron. Like he obviously gets swallowed up immediately and loses the ball because he's panic stations. Four Wolves players were around him when he slipped in his arse. That was the big problem, not the slipping. And then Ezra Kanza forgets he's playing football and starts an audition for the fucking Matrix. It was unbelievable athleticism to get his whole body under a ball that's about 30 centimetres off the fucking ground. <laughs> and it was unbelievable how how slowly he managed to just drop underneath it. I've never seen somebody drop. That's like, that, that is impressive in fairness if it wasn't going to lead directly to a goal. Yeah, it's unbelievable core strength to manage to lower himself to the ground like that. We actually get a bit unlucky then after that because McGinn does brilliantly to get back and get a block and then it's incredible from Dina to get in and cover in behind for a second block. And then three players actually get out and get close enough to Johnny, but he he hits it well and sort of trouble was was there well before that. Yeah, 2-0. Actually, Young gets in front of his man and then he stops. Then he has a look at Emmy Martinez. Then he slips. (laughs) <laughs> then he ducks and caresses a lovely header into the top corner. What, what, explain any of those instances to me. Like, explain the stop, the look at his keeper, the slip, the, and the header. Ex- like, explain it. <laughs> like, why would you get on your fucking he- knees to head a ball? I don't know. He's got his head run into it when he got himself into that position. Just run into it and clear it. Well, exactly. He's got his head lower into a lower position than his foot would be when he's walking. Like it's it's unbelievable. And why would you head a ball after you've fallen asleep and let the winger come from behind you and get goal side? Like there's there's nothing behind you now, Ashley. You've already fucked up. You got away with it. Use your head to let the ball go harmlessly out to the wing, not to cushion it into the fucking top corner. And then the response from Villa came very late, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it came from a, a gift from the gods, really. It was obviously going to be one of those ones where the keeper comes and he probably shouldn't come when he's a bit too late and he fouled somebody who's not going to score, uh, who was never going to score and he did his best. Uh, was that a good penalty? Was it, I don't know. Like I, I had written down, do not let Watkins hit this penalty because we'll talk about it in the Rossenthal Award, but be, like, do not underestimate how bad Ollie Watkins' two misses were. In this game, they were terrible, terrible misses. Two one on ones all the time in the world. Ball out of his feet. Uh, I did not want him standing over that penalty. Hit it off the post. A bit too flush on the post for my liking. Um, I was watching it back. The you know when it shows you the connection with the ball and was I had it in slow motion and everything just to see. It he didn't seem to misconnect it as much as I thought he did. He sort of comes over the ball a little bit, but looks like he might have meant to do that. I don't know, but this is this is where I'm at with Villanoy. I, I I don't believe that our striker can put the ball into the bottom corner. <laughs> yeah, he probably hits it slightly above the center of the ball, but he it gets an inch away from being an absolutely perfect free kick or perfect penalty because. That's where he's trying to put. He's trying to put it in the bottom corner. It goes right in there. It's a bit too close to the post for comfort. But it's never a penalty in a million years. I mean, since when are we getting penalties for running into goalkeepers? Like I, I, I think Sass stops fast enough, and it's only Ollie Watkins that's moving, and he's moving towards Sa. Sa has just let Watkins shepherd the ball out for a goal kick, and Watkins jumps in there. Yeah. 
There was a argument Johnny probably should have got sent off for that late cynical foul on Jacob Ramsey. It wouldn't have fucking mattered. Like it's one of those ones. I didn't even care that he didn't get sent off because he knew it wouldn't have mattered. And the only other talking point, really, there's been a lot of talking points already, but the the one where Villa are giving Wolves the ball back, so I think it's actually young throwing, and then Watkins goes to cut it out because it, this is the one where Podence goes down injured again. And Villa or Wolves end up kicking the ball out of play once they get it back. So, so Young goes to give it back. But Wolves seem to think that Villa are obliged to let them have 10 seconds to get their acts together. So everyone's very upset at Ollie Watkins then because he eventually comes in to say, I, I think it might be Johnny. It's like, hang on a second. Like, you're not, like, go and get the fucking ball. We're throwing it back to you. We can't just let this drift out of play. Maybe Young should have just thrown it straight out of play. But maybe, maybe football needs to make a fucking pact. To stop this shit now, like stop pretending it's sportsmanship as well. Like, what? Why? Why do you have to make a sporting gesture when we all know that someone is down cheating and they're lying and they're running your time down? So why is it now on you to be the bigger person and give the ball back because that's what we do in football? It is not fuck. Like we all know that ninety percent of these cases is somebody just running the clock down. So we don't need to give them the ball back if we all just agreed to cut it out and just carry on playing. We'd all be in a much better place. Yeah, and do you know who knows that better than anybody else? The fucking professional footballers who do it every minute of every fucking game. Yeah. And you're right, it would, the Wolves were being bollocks. Everybody knew it. They kicked the ball out of play to waste time. They then threw the ball back. Johnny leaves it intentionally to waste time. The keeper pretends he's confused to waste time. And Ollie Watkins was obviously fucking sick of it. Of course he was. He was also having a stinker. and Maybe that was something to do with it. But yeah, you're right. You can't just let Wolves do exactly what they want to do, which is to cheat and run down the clock. Yeah. Are we ready for some WhatsApp winges? I thought we'd started that about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's go. Only one person losing their week's wages this week. It'll be no surprise to anybody to learn that it's Mr. Leon Bailey. What a what a performance he had, eh? <laughs> this one was in the 80th minute. I can't believe he was still on at that stage, to be honest. But um, it was right on the corner of the box. So all he had to do, the ball's bobbling out to him. All he has to do is just poke it back in. It's, the, the work's done. The ball's sitting up. And he comes underneath it. He slices it. He hits it high. I would be surprised if it stayed in the stadium. Like, this is a, <laughs> supposed to be a 15-meter cross. Just, just, just knock it back into the box. And he completely completely gets under it and it's uh, it's it's high it's wide it's it's a goal kick and it's it's terrible again we'll talk more about leon bailey after but i think this was the very moment where i just had me my hands on my head and i'm sitting there my girlfriend's sitting reading beside me and you know after the game then as well she ends up coming in because villa scored and she wants to watch a bit of it and i you know obviously they don't get the equalizer so i just say look i need a couple of minutes and i walk out <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is happening in real life and then like you know i've eventually come back around and i feel like i have to explain to her you know i i do enjoy supporting aston villa <laughs> she, she, she thinks i'm lying she thinks i'm trying to convince myself and she actually says like it genuinely just seems like it brings you misery <laughs> it's like no but like, it, like the misery like this two hours of misery that I get every week, unfortunately, I wish I didn't. It's a necessary evil. Like I have to put up with that to enjoy the rest of the week. Like I, I do enjoy being nervous before games. I know I'm a different person when it comes to match day, and you don't like it before matches as well. But I do enjoy that. I enjoy complaining about it afterwards. I enjoy worrying about it, talking about it all week. Yeah, I don't enjoy 
injury time trying to come back into a game yet again and failing to do it and then I, yeah i know it's shit for you that i need to get a bit of space <laughs> after every match but but trust me just bear with me it is good and hopefully look we're, we're talking about a european push the last couple of years like it might get better god and who are you talking to here it sounds like you're talking to yourself <laughs> exactly what she sent to me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, but you know, at least you have ninety-five minutes of watching Ireland Lithuania as well. Whenever Villa aren't playing, so that that obviously helps a little bit. But isn't it mad that I like suddenly where where did this happen? That I look forward to international breaks now. You're like, we used to hate the international breaks. Everybody <laughs> hates them, and now that's the one bit of sweet relief I get in my life that Villa aren't going to be playing for two weeks, and there's actually an enjoyable team that I like over here playing. But like, think about this way: Villa have gone from three wins to three defeats, so the next result will definitely be a win now. So that you've got that to look forward to as well, because there's no way we're going to deliver anything, anything other than that. Oh yeah, roll up Spurs, you're going to get spanked. <laughs> yeah, like the, back to Leon Bailey. I mean, like, the, and speaking about delivery, the only thing this lad actually delivers is high blood pressure. It's unbelievable. That shank yeah. was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Like it's it's incredible that he didn't just get taken off there, and we didn't have any subs left. But he should have just taken him off anyway. It was that bad. It was that fucking criminal a move for a right winger to cost thirty million. A guy who was told we were all told was the future. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I'm one of these boys that you're hearing reports now. You can't always go uh, on reports, but that he's not happy with his game time. A fucking delivered, and you're getting your chance. You got ninety fucking minutes today. Nobody knows why or how. But you got it, and you did fuck all of it. Well, like, look, we'll talk about him a bit more later. WhatsApp winges number one, Matt Cash, throw the fucking ball. <laughs> I've never seen somebody wait. It's like we're one nil down, and he must have been fifteen seconds. He's standing over the ball on the sideline, weighing up his options. And for nine of those fifteen seconds, Philip Coutinho is free, and the other six seconds, Philip Coutinho is asking for the ball. If he's got a man up his arse and he's asking for the ball, give him the ball anytime he wants the ball. Gave him the ball. I don't want me right back. Standing there, weighing up his options, only to lump it up anyway for Cody to head her away. <laughs> but this is the whole thing. Like, our whole game plan, we've gone all in on getting Coutinho free, so give him the fucking ball. And if anybody, if any of your attacking midfielders, if any of your midfielders, if any of your professional footballers, your colleagues, are asking for a football, give yeah. it to them. It's on them, then, if they lose it. Yeah. Second WhatsApp winch. Whoever thought not wearing studs was a good idea is a fucking prick. <laughs> yeah, it was a really, really strange decision. I mean, this is up there with a kit man not being in two Jacob Ramsey jerseys. It's, it's absolutely disgraceful, <laughs> disgraceful behind the scenes decision making. And they're obviously going to water the pitch. Wolves now under Bruno Lage like to play a bit of football. The pitch might be slippy. It's fucking grass. It might be slippy anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, and they all get a walk around beforehand. They all get a warm up. They, they think they're well used to the to the pitch. Like, Wolves didn't slip once. Villa players, especially in the first half, and this is what really makes me think they had a talk at half time. They say, "Should we put on our studs? <laughs> <laughs> Should we put on our football boots?" Like they were all slipping around. Like obviously, the first goal was is two slips, but outside that, slip central. Like, and like, it was fucking. I would have accepted it if Wolves players were doing it as well. They didn't do it once. It was just us mugs. Yeah, it's like Sanson's face touched the ground more often than his foot touched the ball. It's unbelievable. <laughs> like they were all at it. The third one. Does Luca Dinya come off injured more times than Matt Target? 
Like, we must be paying a million quid for every fucking minute this lad's paid. It's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> I don't like, you know, I know this is a harsh one, it probably is injured, but this is WhatsApp winches. And like, what the fuck is he doing coming off injured every time? He's playing, flitting around with France. <laughs> he's flitting around with the, the best team in the world when he's not here. And then he comes back to Villa and it's like, ah, like I'm, I'm gone again, lad. Sorry about that. Yeah, and he's so fucking important to this system, if you can call it a system that Gerald was trying to play yesterday as well. Because we essentially have it ended up having to have Jacob Ramsey playing left wing then after uh, <laughs> Dinho went off. It was a fucking shambles. Next one. I'd actually rather just agree at half time that the game's over. <laughs> Being serious, like, did, did anybody did anybody think of Villa were getting back into that match? They didn't. Like we all knew, you said it about a minute. Being a minute closer to death, like we knew this was going to be a waste of 45, 50 minutes. Let's just just call it there. Like it's over, you're 2 0 up, we don't come back. Like, let's all go home. Like, do you want to take the 2 0 results? Because right now we'll bite your hand off for it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're happy enough for that, you've got your three points, you can move on. We can all we can all save ourselves this fucking despair. I don't I don't think Wolves would have been happy though. You could see Bruno Lagen was fucking raging at the end of the first half. The amount of chances they were just they were just pissing straight through the middle of us. Yeah. It was unbelievable how often you could just see Konza in panic mode, Mings coming sprinting here and back from the halfway line. We were a fucking shambles. <laughs> Wolves were thinking, let's get let's get ourselves into a positive goal difference here. This is this is easy, this is unbelievable. And we've cemented ourselves now in the top eight because this crowdish bastards are never going to catch up <laughs> alright let's go over to the awards now because we've got a lot to get through I've been letting you down, down. you think what? you think Harry Maguire is a bigger loss than Harry Kane yeah I do you lose Harry Maguire that's a big problem for Gareth Southgate. His biggest problem? Yeah, I think it's his biggest problem. The situation got out of hand. I hope you understand. Are you mental? This is analysis that you have to pay to get. <laughs> That's bollocks on so many levels because, like, number one is Harry Maguire. Oh god, I cannot believe that Harry Maguire has played six games this season and he's made the same mistake five times. Number two, the drop off from Harry Maguire to Tyrone Mings is not what Gary fucking Neville thinks it is. And I remember we were saying, Harry Maguire. Gary Neville, for some reason, has disappeared up Gareth Southgate's arse. I think we've got the best manager we could possibly have for an international team. I just don't know why Gary Neville is persistent in trying to talk him into Franz Beckenbauer. He's a fucking siren calling England the shipwreck. I think with Harry Maguire injured, I think the ability to go to a back four is lost. He was by far the worst player on the pitch. Come He's on, uh, really shit. <laughs> Imagine Harry Maguire was missing. Harry Maguire! <laughs> but it's absolutely unbelievable how whenever you play a ball to a fridge, you end up conceding the chance. The 
most blocks, most interceptions, most headers, most tackles. For Man United, he had more blocks than Lindelof. Harry Maguire! Harry Maguire. He just cannot get the ball out of his feet. And I know he cost 80 million, so it must be difficult for people to, to make the link that he's actually shit, but just make that link. Harry Maguire. 50% of Gareth Southgate's preferred team started the Champions League final three weeks ago. We've collected more trophies in England than Harry Maguire has convictions in Greece. Harry Maguire! You would pick a team with Maguire and Calvert-Lewin rather than Mings and Harry fucking Kane. Uh, 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 apologies to the fans. There's no emotion behind it. England's most important player is Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire! <laughs> that is just insane stuff. Grow up, Gary Neville. It's quite fitting that our good friend Harry Maguire should tee us up for the Peter Enkelman What the Fuck Award because I have never seen a category stacked like this. First nomination is Joe McGinn slipping on his arse. We've already talked about it. Second nomination is Ezra Conza slipping on his arse. We've already talked about it. <laughs> Third nomination is... Like, roll the fucking tapes. Tyrone Mings dallying on the ball. How many times... Does this guy need to get caught like that with his back to the pitch looking at his keeper and a striker coming in taking the ball off him? How many times does he need to get caught to learn that he needs to hurry the fuck up? Yeah, like you, you, you don't score a goal by playing slowly. Let's, let's, all, <laughs> let's all admit that now, especially if you're facing your own nets. And you can't hold someone off if they've run around you. What is he doing there? Like, Silva has no interest in making contact with Tyrone Mings. So Tyrone Mings has to fucking go make contact with a ball. Fucking yeah. brain dead stuff. Fourth nomination, the Ashley Young OG. Like, we'll come back to these because it is going to be tough to, to pick a winner here. Like, fifth nomination, this could have been a winner any other day. Emmy Martinez is Jordan Pickford impression. I don't know if you remember that. Ball coming... <laughs> Bouncing up for him, two fists, flush on the ball, punches it away. Catch the fucking thing, this is what you're supposed to be good at. This, this is why we praise him every week, this is why we all fell in love with him, yeah. It's like the relationship turning sour, Con. <laughs> Jacob Ramsey trying to pass the ball to Young, passes it straight out of play. Five metre pass. Jacob Ramsey shot at the edge of the box, don't know if you remember that, it was like Leon Bailey's cross. Jacob <laughs> Ramsey, the, I remember, remember I said he must be the most lethal finisher, turns out his stats for strikers and midfielders are actually the best goals per shot. But like they're taking a big hit yesterday with that shot. Like that's just underneath it, no composure. I think it got teed up by Ollie Watkins. And it was that bad yeah. that people were complaining at him then for shooting, even though he should have shot, definitely. But it was such a bad shot that it was like, what the fuck was that made? No, oh, no, that was the perfect move. That's what we want to happen. We, we've got a ball up to Watkins, who's brilliant at holding it up. He's brilliant at laying it off. And then we've got Jacob Ramsey, who is apparently brilliant they're just whipping it into the top corner <laughs> but Jesus Christ they couldn't have been further than that if it wasn't for Leon Bailey's attempt at cross like that would have been the worst connection of a football we'd seen yesterday it was unbelievable and from Jacob Ramsey as well kicking the ball out of play what the fuck was that about like learning from his captain there it was mad stuff 
Like, I mean, maybe maybe he forgot that Ashley Young is fucking 38 or whatever he is. <laughs> but like, he can't be rolling the ball that far ahead of anybody. Never mind, old man Young. <laughs> uh, last two nominations. You have to tell me which one's worse. John McGinn's left-footed half-volley at the edge of the box, which teed up John McGinn's right-footed half-volley <laughs> at the edge of the box, which bent out. To Leon Bailey or somebody on the right wing, like the the left footed one was so bad because he came. He's supposed to be left footed. He came completely over, bounced it across his own body, and it fell up for his his right foot. And then this one, he gets completely under it, and he uh, it's like a banana. It's a banana pass that he hasn't intended. He's trying to shoot on goals, and it bends out to the right wing. Yeah, I, I, and to be honest, I think if there was no other players on the pitch, that ball would have ended up behind John McGinn. There was so much <laughs> fucking spin on it. It was unbelievable. And the right-footed one is definitely worse because there's a decision-making element to that as well. I mean, John, when was the last time you had a fucking shot on target? And when was the last Cut time you had a right foot? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you just had your warning that it's not going to happen for you yet again, but he's doubled. He's literally doubled down and tried it again. Let's, let's try and pick a winner here. Like... <sighs> Hang on, hang on. Philip Coutinho played a through ball as well to Wolves. Like the, after, I know it came immediately after the most pathetic attempt at a dribble I can remember seeing. Like a, a step over, he did a step over and then ran straight into someone's stomach. Yeah. And, and it came immediately after Trincao had just rinsed Dinian Ramsey in our box. So nobody should have been under any illusion about how to dribble. You're trying to go around the man, not fucking through him. Then he makes up for it by playing a beautiful free through ball that's just slightly overhit, and Tyrone Mings gets there to intercept it before Phil's intended target. That was mad stuff. And then Philip continue again. Like the ref, the ref blows his whistle yeah. when he thinks it's a foul, Phil. Yeah, like, that, like that, this was the he Chan chance he should have scored. Unbelievable! Like, like, don't worry about it. This ref wants to blow his whistle. He'll blow it if he thinks if he thinks he's not. Like, he blew it whenever he was because he was nurse finishing the game. Like he, he didn't want to add on the time at the end. Like he likes to blow his whistle, but you putting your hands out like you're asking for a hug isn't a foul by a Wolves player. He's not going to blow his whistle for that. So get fucking back and don't stop playing in the middle of a game. But that that whole move, that whole chance, was a collection of what the fuck nominations. So we might as well just bring it in here because, yeah, massive chance. Wolves should have scored. Should have put the game to bed again. He Chan should score after Kanza blocks it, which is after Matinho. Puts Tyrone Mings on his arse. He literally put him down on the ground by just shifting the ball to his left. That's after, like you said, Coutinho and John McGinn stop because they want the free. And that is after Jacob Ramsey once again goes back to the centre half when they finally work it out to midfield. <laughs> Aston Villa summed up in a move. <laughs> In a move that the other team should score from. <laughs> uh, right, so we've got McGinn slipping, may, maybe slightly worse than the console. I, I don't know if it was really, but it, the optics looked a bit worse. I don't know. Um, Ming's dallying on the ball should have been a goal. Probably the Ashley Young OG I have. The Ashley Young OG is mad because to get that accuracy in the header, but being on your knees as well while doing it is, is incredible. I think our centre midfielder running into four Wolves players and getting boxed in of his own accord like that was that was John McGinn's decision like he, no, no one forced him into that he decided he wanted to go into these four players but uh, like, it's hard it's hard to look past an OG from a header that was a, when the ball was six inches off the ground when he headed yeah his first Premier League OG will be remembered the same way Peter Ankerman's remembered do you know when you type in that per fucker into Google 
it's the it's the first and only suggestion that comes up. Peter Enkelman, own goal. Peter Enkelman, ankle. Peter. <laughs> it's <just like laughs> imagine that's how your career was remembered. Um, the Ronnie Rossenthal award. Fabio Silva times two. Like you know, like <laughs> at the very start of the game, like Wolves should go two 0 up. We talked about the Mings fuck up, so he should score from that. It's a decent save from Martinez, but it's a terrible tame shot. But the first goal for Johnny. You said about John McGinn blocking it, and it just sets up for Fabio Silva. He's got the open net. He's in the middle of the goals, and he misses the ball. He does a John McGinn on it. Yeah, I, didn't you get back and block that, did you not? I thought that was a, a bit of decent defending. Probably the second best thing we did in that game, just maybe after John McGinn's block. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it was. The, the Donker had a chance as well. Tyrone Ming slipped this time. Like this, Tyrone Ming slipped from our own corner, and then Wolves just pissed through. Like, fa- Fabio Silva, I don't know who decided to buy this boy, like or how, why he spent this much money on him. Although you know, we should look at our own, our own house first, obviously. But Fabio Silva just runs out of action, just runs beyond the offside line, and he's completely taken out. So Denocker has to shoot himself. Should score on the left, but it all starts from our own corner. Uh, Leon Bailey shot, like that was a decent shot that he had, right? Initially, I was thinking, why are you shooting? Then a shot. I was like, okay, good shot. Then he proceeded to just do that for the rest of the game. Leon Bailey gets the ball. He is trying to shoot no matter where he is. Like, no imagination, no creativity. Do you think this is what you are as a footballer? Like, <laughs> he's, he's just not playing with the team. Once he gets the ball, that's the move over. He's going to shoot it into somebody's ankles. He's going to try and dribble a pass somebody and lose it. Or he's going to balloon it over the bar. Or on this one occasion, he'll pull a, produce a good save from the keeper. And that obviously encourages him to just keep shooting on sight. Yeah, the the most surprising thing about this was that it came after 29 minutes. I mean, like that was an unbelievable, pathetic first half an hour from Aston Villa. And then the best shot we had, or the best move we had was Leon Bailey having a spank that he shouldn't have had on his bad foot. <laughs> but I, I I want to see the photos that Leon Bailey has of Steven Gerrard. <laughs> like, I think the Met needs to see them as well. Like, what does he have on him? What has Gerrard been up to? It's like, is it just embarrassing? Is it some sort of autoerotic asphyxiation or, or is it criminal? Like, we need to know it's in the public interest because whatever it is, it's bad. And Gerrard needs to show a bit of leadership here as well because like not only is he a public figure, he's, he's the manager of Aston Villa and he's letting his personal life impact on the job he's doing. <laughs> the first Ollie Watkins miss was awful. Definitely the worst of the two. All it took, like this is probably the most frustrating thing of it all, just took a left-footed ball from Ashley Young just around the defence. Watkins obviously has a good run. He usually does. It's, it's, it's a perfect ball. He's straight through. It's nicely bouncing. He's got time to get around to the other side of the ball. So now he's got a perfect angle. And now he's got options. He can pull it inside. He can whip it around. Or he can just drill it the way it's sitting up for him. And he goes for the whip, but he forgets the around. <laughs> just, it, just, <laughs> it just goes wide. He just side foots it wide of the far post. And it's at the, Awful, Missy. He, he could have done anything with that ball. So many ways to score, and he's balls it up. Yeah, this was actually the most Aston Villa move of all time. It's like it's a corner swung in, and then Mings clears it for Wolves, and then we've got a fucking ragged shape. Another team streaming through us from another Aston Villa set piece. That's a bigger opposition, a bigger opportunity for the opposition. And then Young just hoofs the ball up the field in the general direction of Ollie Watkins again. The most classic Aston Villa pass and is misjudged by Bolly, and we're through. I mean, like, Willie Bolly's spatial awareness played our best pass of the fucking afternoon. 
Like <laughs> we can't be relying on Willie Bolly's depth perception to unpick opposition defenses. We need to find a different way of fucking playing. What's our plan B if Willie Bolly's not playing centre half? <laughs> The finish is nowhere near good enough. Like he has to bring that back in. Get your foot around it. It's interesting that like so many people have picked up on what you've just said there. Like Tom on Twitter asked, "Do opposition coaches target how to score from our corners?" <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the, you know, Phil also got involved to say, "Like why do we always look far more likely to concede from our own corners and score?" And that that's becoming a reality now. Like Villa whip a awful ball in, and the other team just streams through the middle of the pitch. Yeah, but like this actually wasn't that bad a pass. This is one of the one of the fucking whatever what felt like fifteen corners that we had that actually found this man and Tyrone Minx just <laughs> fucking pings it back out towards the corner flag. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I mentioned He Chan, he definitely should have scored there as well. And then Watkins, like Buendia slides him through. I think like I said at the start he had the ball out of his feet. I don't think he really got this one out of his feet when he should have. That's on him. Like there was no reason why he shouldn't have. He was he had time. The pass was perfect. And it's it's another bad finish. He ends up just poking it straight at the keeper. Yeah, it's, it's amazing from one day. But you know, Ollie Watkins, he's brought it in too much. He has to open his foot there and <laughs> shape it around the goalkeeper. It's unbelievable that he like he obviously overcompensated, and it's it's fucking shite. It was a waste he was of just time. hoping the keeper would get out of the way of that one. Like he wasn't trying to finish it. He was just trying to get it on target. Yeah, I, I think he, I think it was the first shot was still on his head. He had another one before these two as well, where he's managed to bumble his way through, and he's about yeah. eighteen yards out. But he's got a clear sight of the goal, and the shot is so pathetic that the crowd doesn't even react, and there's no change in the atmosphere. The commentator barely register it because he just trickled it off Kilman's ankles. The winner of that, I think, it's Ollie Watkins' first chance, right? I, I, yeah, he's got so much time there as well. Yeah, I think it has to be. The angle's not great, but neither is Sass position. Yeah. The Paul Lambert, I'm delighted of our performance. Well, I'm fed up with this shit award. I don't know if you remember this. A ball just sort of sitting up. Somebody tried to clear it, and it was up for Watkins and Cody. And Watkins just pushes Cody. He just pushes him, concedes the free. Mm. Really fucking annoying. Really pathetic looking. John McGinn. <laughs> Late foul and attack. You know, Wolves just won the ball back, and they pass it out to the left back. Whatever John McGinn comes in, and fouls the centre half. Exactly what they wanted. Villa just fed into what they were doing the whole game. Like that. That was another. What are you doing now? You have to get a yellow card now. Somebody's pretend to be injured now. They have the ball back, unpressured, and the only other nomination. And I think we'll be doing well to to beat it, even though he's up against Aston Villa players is uh, Daniel Poddance. Like, this guy is one of the most pathetic people I've laid eyes on. Um, <laughs> I, I can only imagine... I can only imagine what you would think about yourself, right? You know when you're down on the ground, rolling around, you've, you've taken a little a little nick to the face and you feel your mouth and then you look at your hand like he did <laughs> and there's no blood. Can, can you imagine, like, what you would think of yourself in that moment? You're, you're dying to see blood because you're sore and you're hurt and... And you want people to know that you've been hurt. I think in that case, all the other times you're pretending to be hurt, he's a sort of he's a sort of twat that would have ruined all those childhood games. You know, just like oh, everybody, stop, stop! I've hurt my hamstring. It's like you're you're nine. You haven't hurt your hamstring. <laughs> and he's, he's he's down and he's looking for blood on his wee face and he can't find it. And I, I actually almost felt sorry for him in that situation. But um, that is definitely the thing I was fed up with most in that game was your man Poddins. 
Uh, yeah, he needed a few life lessons from our man. Like, fucking grow up, patents. <laughs> like, two grown men with their arms around him. Like, just, just shy of kissing him on the forehead and telling him everything was going to be okay. Because the seam of McGinn's sleeve was a bit bumpy and rubbed against his lip out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> but to be fair, like the balls on him to make 30,000 people take minutes out of their day and yeah. watch him have his fucking hair tousled and offer a wally pop from the physios. It's <laughs> unbelievable stuff. <laughs> but it was just, it was the way three times he went down, right? And then, yeah, the balls is the right way to put it. He's lying on his back and he puts his hand up to tell the whole stadium, not just his friends who he's playing with as a nine-year-old, puts his hand up to tell all 30,000 people, stop what you're doing, I'm hurt. Yeah, I, I've got a busted whip. Like, like, but like, to be fair, like Aston Villa were at this nonsense as well. I mean, it, Leon Bailey was mad for it as well. I mean, if you're going to dive, well, first off, fuck off. Nobody wants you to do it. No fan wants you to cheat. Your family doesn't want to have to watch you on TV cheating. But if you are going to do it, if you are going to try to trick the ref, once it becomes clear that you haven't, and it becomes clear very fucking quickly... Because the ref hasn't blown his whistle and the opposition are yet again streaming downfield. Like, that's the sign that your trick hasn't worked. So get up. You were yeah. trying to trick him into giving you a free. That didn't work. But you're still trying to trick him. What? Like, like what are you trying to get here? You're, you're trying to make him to feel sorry for you. He hasn't blown his whistle, but you want them to come over and blow on your hurted knee and kiss it better? <laughs> get up off the ground, Leon. <laughs> you like Glenn Whedon taking 90th minute penalty award. Do you know the way Steven Gerrard talks about a reset? Some players need a reset. I think he needs one for himself, to be honest. Like, there's so many decisions here we, we could talk about. John McGinn at number six. Do we want to talk about that first? What was the thinking there? How many times is somebody going to try that? How many times are we going to try and play two anchors and realize that we don't have any? Like It's, it's not going to work, and especially if it's McGinn and Sanson. Yeah, but like you're, you're fucking screaming for Sanson for the last couple of months or last were a lot of people like think think about think about Sanson today Sanson was brought off for Douglas Louise and yeah. I was happy about it what the fuck does that tell you about Morgan Sanson's career a lot of people said he was good today he wasn't good today he didn't <laughs> do anything he wasn't in the he didn't touch the ball in the first half yeah, he line. was he's the Westwood you were playing winner like it, it was a strange one that people were saying well apart from Sanson but I think this is just agendas that we're seeing I, I, once again I need to get off Twitter ignore that <laughs> but, like, I, I have a little bit of sympathy for Stephen Gerrard because Douglas like he has to try, he has to try something Douglas Louise is in the number six either so playing John McGinn there isn't that much of a surprise Douglas Louise's best position is playing to the left of the free centre midfielders so I have a little bit of sympathy for Stephen Gerrard because all his best midfielders are best to the right or left of the number six and all his best attackers are Ramsey Coutinho and Buendia and he can't think of a way of getting the three of them into the team without playing the two number 10s which he had to resign from because it just wasn't working either like he can't he, he doesn't want to play Buendia on the right and continue on the left he wants to play continue at number 10 and if he plays continue in number 10 it's very fucking difficult to get both Ramsey and Buendia into the team because you're either going to play a diamond or you're going to play a winger and if you're playing a winger you have to play another winger as well yeah. and that means there's only two two midfielders in the team and Ramsey definitely can't play in that position it would be an absolute win never mind that he can't it would be an absolute waste from him but one reason I don't have any sympathy for Steven Gerrard is if one of your two centre forwards is missing you can't play two centre forwards imagine trying Leon Bailey through the middle 
Yeah. Of course he's going to end up drifting out to the right. Of course the system isn't going to work. Of course Jacob Ramsey's going to have to try and compensate by giving a bit of balance to the left. We were in absolute shambles. The setup was a joke. I wanted to talk about so many things. You talk about, like let's go to Buendia first because you've laid it out there. I, I gamed this as well, so my my nomination for you, like Glenn Whelan, taking a ninety minute penalty award was just like, get more minutes for Buendia. He's been good every like he's been really good for most of the season since his bad start. He's been brilliant, and every time, even though he's been dropped, we all know it's 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 nothing to do with him. It's just the, the way we want to play. But every time he's come on, he's been good as well, and we just need to get more minutes for him and. Yeah, I, I went through all those scenarios and stuff that you would say and stuff that Jared's obviously thinking. And, and then I just wrote down, just figure it out. Like, it's not my problem. <laughs> you, you figure it out. Get him on the pitch somehow. Get Coutinho on the pitch as well. Make it work, but they both need to be there. And and the, and the other thing is, Coutinho shouldn't be allowed. Like, the way Dean Smith was focusing on Grealish's position, Coutinho shouldn't be allowed to come so deep. There should be a rule. That, so there's, there's obviously stripes that go through the pitch different colors of grass <laughs> the grass is cut in a different way that gives the what i'm trying to say here it makes it makes the pitch look different <laughs> it makes the areas of grass look different so there's there's lines that go through the pitch and the one at the other side so our attacking half there's one that goes straight from from the halfway line it runs the whole way along the halfway line and i don't know what it is five meters or whatever maybe ten Coutinho shouldn't be allowed past that line. He has to stay beyond that. So he's still allowed to come into the center circle ever so slightly, but that should be his marker. You are not allowed to take the ball beyond this line. Never mind in your own half, because we don't want you here, don't need you here. And once you get it here, what are you passing it to? Get, get back up there. Take that ball in a, a, a difficult position. And yeah, oh, look, just everything falls apart when we concede, like we know. There's no point in having someone like Philip Coutinho on the pitch. There's no point in having worked on and developed or have just been naturally born with such a beautiful first touch if you're going to be afraid to use that first touch. The point of having a touch that good is that you can take the ball in tight spaces and the ball will be moved on before the defenders can react. We've played against players like that. It's impossible to get the ball off them no matter how close you are to them because the touch is so good. And we needed Philip Coutinho to stay that advanced against a team that are that defensive, that are that tucked in, that disciplined. They're not actually that defensive. They actually stream forward. They've become a really good team, a really enjoyable team to watch if you're not playing against them. Yeah. But where they're so well-structured in defense that you have to have the discipline to stay that advanced. In particular, if you are being given this job, you are being given the job to be Aston Villa's outlet. You're the one player we're relying on here. Steven Gerrard has gone all in on you. So fucking pay him back, stay up there. There's no, you're right, there's absolutely no point in Philip Coutinho coming back in behind Ramsey to get the ball off Tyrone Mings. It's an absolute waste of time for a couple of reasons. The, the main one being we want them further up the pitch. The second one being is that, what, that Mings is just going to kick the ball towards Watkins anyway. <laughs> and the thing is, when they see him, perfect Mings, they all give it to him, which is what we want, but like that's that's bad once he's in our own half. They see Coutinho and like, oh, give it to him. And it's like, great, great, now you've turned around, everybody's standing looking at you. Yeah, like that That just needs a bit more discipline and patience. Like patience is so important when you're playing that creative role. I, like, I, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before as well. The most 
insulting thing that anyone's ever said to me in a pitch on my own team, obviously, was, you know, I don't need you there, Liam. And he was right. Like, I had just dropped back to get handy ball because I wasn't getting it for up the pitch and I was just wandering in next to the guy who was also good at football yeah. to get the ball off. Like, well, yeah. what the fuck am I playing at? Stay up there and take the ball in a decent position. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the new nomination is Villa putting everyone in the box for free kicks from the halfway line. Like, just <laughs> get that ball moving. We're on the halfway line. Like, we don't like we're wasting time as well. We're not going to do anything with it. Just pass the ball and, and start moving again. Take it that you've got possession on the halfway line and carry on. Yeah, like if, if this was a good way to score a goal, we'd, we'd set up like this. We, we'd yeah. play Tiro Ming centre forward. We'd play Emmy <laughs> Bundia every game. Like, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> Chipping a ball out to the right wing isn't a good attacking move. It just isn't. Like, why the fuck are we doing it? Especially because Wolves have eight players back now. Get yeah. them out of shape. They, they they couldn't be more in shape now. You've stopped the game. They've all walked back in and set up. The whole point, the, the most difficult thing in football is to score a goal. And the best way to do it is to get the opposition out of shape. The, by definition, they're not fucking out of shape. Whenever you've got the ball on the center circle and you're taking 40 minutes to take a free kick. <laughs> So how do you tell me that we get Brindy and Coutinho into the team next week? I just told you they're not. It's so difficult. Can't really I ask me that. I, no, what I would really, really? What, I, <laughs> <laughs> what I would really like to see him try to do is to ask Brindy to play right wing and let Coutinho play as as a left winger who has got a bit more freedom to to drift inside. I want to see us try that once. And we'll play our three centre midfielders, and we'll trust that Jacob Ramsey can actually cover a bit for Coutinho drifting out of position. But more importantly, we've either got Luca Digne or or Ashley Young at left back, so it's okay to allow Coutinho to come inside as well. You can have that little bit of imbalance, that little bit of asymmetry. But we would need to ask Buendia to play as an orthodox right winger. We'd also need to ask Ashley Young to go around the outside of a fullback every so often. <laughs> Everybody knows you're right footed, you twat. Like, you know, to do that all you want, but fucking like, just just mix it up every so often. Yeah, mix it up every so often because whenever you do that, you'll actually get a bit more space to cross it in with your right foot the next time you have it. And I've seen Ashley Young go around the outside. I know he's got a decent left foot. He's had fucking long enough in his professional career to practice it. Uh, the Vimin meter going up. Marvelous Nakamba. <laughs> stock goes up when you're not playing his is sky high you know because even like it's, it's interesting we, we all knew this was happening with doggy anyway but you see it with mcginn then he's doing things that he shouldn't be doing as an anchor and in fairness in the camp but you would never be trying that stuff <laughs> but these boys are trying this and that's the worst thing about Douglas Louise that he does it every fucking game like i'm i assume john mcginn if you played him at number six for two seasons he wouldn't uh it wouldn't be so careless and free willing on the ball but um yeah they're doing it because they just they're used to having somebody else behind them they protect them and the camera that played an under 23 match there last week he might just be parachuted straight in now uh to this match just to give give them that discipline in that position yeah like the camera stock had skyrocketed before he got injured as well he was playing brilliantly and villa were a much better team with him in there and it's it has become a bit a bit ragged and a bit shambolic since then a bit like we're, we're a fucking mess anytime we come up against a decent team we lose yeah. Going up. Bertrand Terori? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, like, what does this lad have to do? Like, Gerard's obviously on a fucking diet. Get this lad a few minutes and get him on the pitch. Like, we need to see this. Like, I'm fucking starving. Give him a few minutes out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, sometimes... Sometimes when when you haven't eaten for it's better to eat no matter what it is like it's it's better to eat junk food than eat nothing every so often so just have the fucking burger yeah but like and this is the other thing like what what is Leon Bailey doing a training that Bertrand Trory isn't doing well he's definitely not doing anything on the fucking pitch and we like not Bertrand Trory can be an incredibly frustrating player but his output his numbers are if you just want to look at it on Twitter. Bertrand Drury is a really good footballer as well. He gets eight or nine goals and assists every season. He's fucking, he's a good winger. He'll give us options whenever he's playing and he will play on the right wing as well. And I think in fairness to him, part of the the reason that the spotlight is on Bertrand Drury so much when he plays is that he gets the ball so often. Like he's always in the game. He's always in the action. And yeah, like maybe you like him to cut that down, but I've never said that about any other winger. Like I wish he had the ball less. <laughs> you know, like you always want them to get into the game where for some reason this boy just attracts it he just gets on that ball and yeah like I say it's sometimes it's like what the fuck are you doing like that's a bit risky oh brilliant like that's yeah. the Bertrand Trorori theatre that you get yeah and the, the reason he gets on the ball so often as well is because you can literally play him any pass and he will take it down with the outside of his left foot it doesn't matter where the ball is when it gets to him, what height it's at, where about if it's in front of him or it's behind him, he's taking it down with the outside of his left foot and he's going again. That's what Bertrand Trory does. The first 30 minutes of that game, up until he had a shot with his bad foot when he shouldn't have from 30 yards, Leon Bailey wasn't involved at all. Like He, he might as well have not been on the pitch. Yeah. We, we started the game with 10 men. It was unbelievable. Bertrand Trory never ever gives you that. Yeah, look at us raving about Bertrand Trory. What a bad day at the office has been. Yeah, we'll be fucking raving about him next week as well whenever he's shite. <laughs> uh, going down, no real point in doing this. Um, Ashley Young, for his OG and for... Sometimes I like Ashley Young being on the pitch because he, he, he gives you that mark of authority with referees and he you know he holds himself like a, like a big-time charity, which I like with opposition players. Opposition fans despise him. This was not the game for it. He was wasting our time. He was getting into fights, arguments, got a yellow card. Going down, Ezra Kanza, don't like saying that, but he went down on the ground as the ball was coming towards him and he, he ducked underneath it. Going down, John McGinn. Um, going down a lot of people. Maybe Watkins gets a reprieve because he scored. I don't know. No, you can't miss three sitters and get a reprieve because you hit a penalty off the post and nearly went across the face of the goal. <laughs> That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, questions we can't answer, but probably will. Is the World Cup going to be any fun at all or do we have to wait for a couple of weeks? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? Like in all the, all the excitement and the glitz and the glamour and because the last iteration was four years ago or fucking... <laughs> four and a half years ago to facilitate a bit of sports washing and thousands of dead workers. And because the most recent memories from the last World Cup are naturally from the best teams playing each other in the knockout stages, it's so easy to forget that there aren't 32 good national football teams knocking uh. around. And like, I, I love getting to watch games like Senegal, Netherlands and South Korea against Uruguay. Like They just scream World Cup. But for every Senegal, Netherlands, there's a fucking Morocco, Canada. Or a, <laughs> a USA Iran. Like, I'd rather watch live footage of the joint comprehensive plan of action being thrashed out by a few <laughs> diplomats in a sweaty office. 
Like I say that like somebody who's not going to plan their day around Burnley Everton Wednesday night, and that's the that's the re- that is the really annoying thing about this. Like fuck the human rights abuses. How dare FIFA organize a tournament that may well interrupt my ability to watch Sean Dyche's Burnley take on Scott Parker's Burnley? <laughs> is that in the Premier League or the Championship? <laughs> Christ Almighty! I hope it's in the Premier League, and we all know why I hope that. Because that means Frank Lampard's Everton will be thrashing it out against Dean Smith's Norwich in the championship. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying I'm trying to go through like what will be the best game of the group stages and like Belgium and Croatia. But again, they don't mean anything because they're all going through. Like I know Spain, Germany. Like again, we're all going through. Who's coming top? Who like who wants to not come top? Is usually the question. France, Denmark. You know, could be could be interesting. Argentina, Mexico screams World Cup to me as well. Um. And that's uh that that'll be a good tie. Po- that, that that's a good group: Argentina, Mexico, Poland, and Saudi Arabia. Good solid teams in there as well, except for the five or, or whatever it's going to be, the three five nil fractions of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah. Remember Ireland beat Saudi Arabia three nil. I remember being late for an exam because I stayed back, and the, uh, for some reason I thought there was a risk that Ireland wouldn't beat Saudi Arabia. <laughs> being ten minutes late for an exam, sprinting down to get in. Fucking staying behind to watch Gary Breen giving an interview afterwards saying, you want the two goals, we gave you three. Get to your fucking exam, Liam, what are you doing? So I was going to say, but surely when it was 3-0, you could have just ran through your exam at that stage. You could always sneak one, Colin. You could always sneak one. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. Scene. Well, in fairness, he didn't score until the 87th minute, Damien Duff. Uh, yeah. So the job was done by Gary Breen in 61 minutes. People have not come. They're not, they're not listening for an hour to hear me do a, <laughs> a rundown of the 2002 World Cup group game. Um, anyway, that's your lot. Thanks a million for listening. Thanks for all the support. Um, and yeah, yeah, just keep spreading the word if you want. Like, what, what? I know people enjoy when Villa lose because they think oh this will be a bit of crack and I'm like it is it is a bit of crack sometimes it's a good release as well but you know I think more people do enjoy listening to Villa content when Villa are actually going well so please hope that Villa do turn it around for our sakes as well um and uh, oh yeah if you want a bit of a bit of nice gear I think it's nice anyway if you want anything in particular let me know there's a there's a Villa podcast shop now called the Villa podcast dot my spreadshop dot I don't think I've told you about this limb um, I must get your must get your thoughts on it at some stage, but uh, yeah. So the Villa Podcast myspreadshop.ie and obviously we can make up some personalized stuff there as well, and you can personalize it as you're as you're going with you, the stuff that's already on there. You finally branched out into your fashion market. You've been so desperately <laughs> trying to integrate into the Villa Podcast for the last couple of months. You just be thankful that I left out a picture of Calvin Phillips from this podcast. Because I thought Liam is just going to have a an aneurysm if I bring up another fashion related post. Like, <laughs> he's got like big orange plastic bags on his feet, and he's. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Have you seen it? Nah, we don't, don't, <laughs> we don't need to talk about it either way. <laughs> I was just about to start describing it all. Anyway, thanks a million. See you later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.